This is Nerd FT Radio, where nerds, full-time explorers in the metaverse, surfers of the blockchain, and not in a mom's basement. I'm your host, RSG, a.k.a. Penguinless Boy, and I'm here with Crypto Crier, a.k.a. Pudgy7559, and you're probably wondering why I'm talking about so many penguins right now, and it's because we have a very special guest, the CEO of Pudgy Penguins. Probably don't even need an introduction, but Luca is in the building. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing phenomenal. Cryer, how are you doing right now? Doing great, man. Doing Glad good. to have you on the show. Glad Big fan. Here. Thanks for your support, too. If you own a pudgy man, I have mad respect. I appreciate you. Hell yeah. We, we, got, we got one up in the top corner up there, too. But we got, yeah, we're big. Got a little pudgy. Got a big pudgy. Hang out with the kids. They all love the love those collectibles. Thanks for your support. <clears throat> Doesn't go unnoticed, seriously. He, he talks about it a lot, too, to the point where I also... I'm not penguin list to the max i at least have one which is right here in front of me and he sits right up next to everything that i see here so at least i have something on that side which means i have some sort of nfts right but let's get into it so obviously in the nft space the web3 side of things a lot of people obviously almost everyone knows who you are but for our listeners that are on the web2 side because again we're trying to help those nerds that are just not there yet, just yet, to understand everything. Luca, if you can go ahead and just introduce yourself the way you do best, and then we can get get going. Yeah, I'm uh, Luca Nets. I'm 25 years old. I've been a serial entrepreneur for the last seven years. The short story is I grew up homeless with my mom for 10, my mom and my brother. Started being an entrepreneur when I was 18. I got my first job at a tech startup called Ring when I was 16. I dropped out of high school my sophomore year right before that. 18 years old, I found product market fit, drop shipping, jewelry, and some big wins that I've accomplished in my career was bringing back Von Dutch in 2020, being the CMO and a big partner in a company called Gel Blaster, which is North America's fastest growing toy company. And uh, now I've been uh, the CEO of Pudgy Penguins for the last 18 months, and it has been a wonderful and amazing ride ever since. That's the very short version. I love it. To the point. Right too. So I think a lot of this expertise we see with the gel blasters right out of your own past playbook was getting into 2000 Walmart. So what are your thoughts on getting all the toys out there and what do you see coming to fruition from this? Yeah, so Walmart is a big moment, I think, for the space because it's a barrier breaking. But I think the bigger moment is if and when we get stocked in, in more stores and uh, we go with the second and third and fourth round. I think that will be it's one thing to break the barrier. I think for us, this Walmart like has been a a dream of ours for a long time. We put it in the roadmap. We had a, a, a boat with a big box going to what we called a brave new world. And for us, it's a hopefully a reinvention of the narrative around what it takes to make a successful NFT project, which is real world initiatives and real world progress that is not built off of speculation and hopes and dreams, but rather tangible reality. And that I hope is the beginning of a new world for this industry. But the thing with Walmart is there's a lot of responsibility here because the truth of the matter is if Walmart is not a success for Pudgy Penguins, then we would have unfortunately set the space three years backwards uh, in terms of retail progress for this industry. That's just the unfortunate truth. Now, if we succeed, we would have moved this space three years forward. And the ability for, I see you guys have Doodles everywhere, huge fan of the Doodles crew, but Doodles and Cool Cats and the rest of the lot that are focusing on IP, it's going to make it really easy for them to go into Target or to go into specialty. And it doesn't need to necessarily be Walmart. It can just yeah. be, hey, Pudgy Penguins was a huge success in Walmart. Obviously, no easy feat. 
hey, Hot Topic, hey, Hallmark, hey, guys, like we want to be in your store, MoMA, whatever it may be. It just is this case study for retail success and that this stuff actually translates and succeeds in the real world. And if it fails, it either puts us three steps backwards. And if we succeed, it pushes us three steps forward. And being into Walmart is a cool moment. And I think is one that we're super proud about and, and super proud that we were able to accomplish. But the truth of the matter is if we don't sell those units and those units don't sell through and that campaign, and that program wasn't a success, then ultimately we would have failed. But if and when it is a success, because I have every intention of making it a success, then it will change everything for anybody building IP in this industry. And when you look at NFTs and my vision for NFTs is I think NFTs are really going to be that consumer facing product and that consumer facing technology that actually takes blockchain like this. Right now, we've seen like the prices of crypto and, and this yeah. industry go like this based on market cycles. Right. But in reality, we cannot live and die. It's not adopted. It's just, it's there. It, it lives and dies by the pump and dump, right? Yeah, it lives yeah. and dies by the price. Price is up. Everyone's in it. Crypto is the talk of the town. Price is down. No one talks about it. For a technology that's supposed to revolutionize the world, it just cannot be built. It can't be on based only price. on price. It has to be based on that tangible reality of, I love this thing. I don't care if it goes up or down or the collectible or the, it's just something that is just, ubiquitous throughout the entire economy exactly and, and that's why i think what we're building is so important what doodles is building is so important what cool cats is building is so important what a ton of these board ape what all because at the end of the day there is nothing like a pfp and a community and a narrative built around that especially if we interject ourselves in the real world it's one thing if we stay huddled in this crypto corner which I think has been like the Niche. cadence for the last couple yeah. of years. But it's another thing if we are the guys that are going out and bringing people in, which we have the best opportunity to do it out of anyone. I'm excited. No, I, I definitely agree with that statement. That's And you, you guys have showcased that by going to these non-Web3 events as well, from the Comic-Cons, from the IP conference that you guys went. I forgot the name of it, but Licensing. again, these... Licensing, exactly. Yeah, so, so the licensing, right? It's truly remarkable to see that because that's something that myself and Cryer, we always talk about where we saw what Doodles did at South by Southwest firsthand. That wasn't an NFT event and they go out there and there's literally the longest line we saw all that week was at Doodles. So the opportunity for you guys to go to these events, especially, of course, Comic-Con, as you can tell, massive nerd here, if you can see behind me. So uh, for you guys to go to an event like that and do what you guys did, that's what's supposed to happen. Like you said, you have the best opportunity to go into this, into this pop culture spectrum space where humans just love collecting and they love IP and they love storytelling and they love all these tangible things from collectibles all the way to trading cards and all these things. For you guys to go ahead and do that, it's, it's pretty remarkable. And, and my question to you on that sense is how do you, you're going to say you agree, but you guys need to go to more of those events outside of just NFT New York and NFT LA. What's the the future look like for you guys to go? Like what other events have you like planned? I mean, everywhere. I think Good. everywhere that's fiscally responsible. So we went on a sprint. We did 10 events in 10 months. And I wanted to do Complex Con and I wanted to do a couple of these. I think Doodles just announced it. So that's super yeah. dope. I wanted to do a couple, but honestly, uh -huh. we needed to take a break. And I knew we were going to be in Walmart. And I was like, all focus needs to be on Walmart. But going into the new year, the thing is, these events are one, pretty expensive, and two, they take a ton out of you unless you have a full events team, which we don't. You have to have like pretty well capitalized to have a full events team just handling that autonomously. 
So it's a catch 22 because on one side, it's super important. I actually don't, I actually think they're incredibly important. And the second side is it's also a huge drain of money, time and resources. And so you weigh the odds until the end of the year, we're going to stop. But things that are obvious ones that are non-negotiables are like Comic-Con and licensing expo and like certain trade shows. The NFT stuff, I'm becoming more and more skeptical on these like NFT NYCs. I kind of like my own narrative. <laughs> love it. I love it. Finally. <laughs> but I believe Comic-Con is the ultimate non-negotiable. You have to be at Comic-Con. And we missed, we did San Diego because it's the biggest, but definitely like New York and all that is just as important. So just as many Comic-Cons as I can get to is probably going to be like non-negotiables with some toy fairs and then licensing expo. Like those, and then those alone are like eight events in a, in a, in a calendar year. And then a lot. you got to try yeah. to do something cool for our Basel and a couple others, but that's how we're looking at things. I was about to say, like, just me being me and only caring about myself for this very second. Are you guys doing something for Art Basel? Because we always go to Art Basel. So I just wanted to make sure that. We're yeah, we want to. That, we're, so. we're working on it right now. We'll know by the end of the week. We're just, we got to get some dollars. We got to get some support. We got some sponsors and things like that. This whole, that like, sense. spend 200 grand all to <laughs> yeah. the company. Every time you know. doesn't make sense. Yeah. You got to make sense. It. Yeah, I definitely exactly. agree. Yeah, we've seen that where we've seen multiple companies that have literally pretty much spent their entire treasury on just like gutter cats. We've seen that pretty much. Cool Man Dan. Spent all their money. Yeah. Cool Man Dan spent all their money on parties, essentially. So going from that route to, hey, we got all this upfront money. What do I do now? Versus you coming in, taking a bankrupt company and turning it this way into something that actually has <laughs> something coming in, a revenue source. Is, is always nice to see. What do you think about, why do you think this has taken shape this way? Do you think that community, I think a big part of it is community. I think you guys do an extremely good job on community. You know, Mungo and Adam and all of them are, are super supportive and like almost like a support team that I don't think they're, I don't think they're paid or really much. I think they're a community. What do you think for going forward is something that you're planning on spreading the community outreach for? Yeah. You live and die by the community. So this is what like people always had this misconception. They were like, there's this like bear take, this pessimistic take on Pudgy yeah. Penguins where people are like, you're going to build a multi-hundred million dollar toy business. And you don't care about the holders. And I'm like, hold on here, guys. I live and die by the sentiment of the holders. And if things are not positive with the NFT or whatever it may be, we stop. And then we've done this before. I'll take the company on a stand up and I'll say, stop everything that you're doing. How do we fix it? I don't care. I don't care if you're working on the biggest deal of your, of the company's life. We go in all team members, all C-level group. We get in the Twitters, we get in the discord and we fix the freaking problem. It's the key to think that it's not is to not understand the business that we're in. Your holders do not have 20 years for you to figure it out. And they deserve transparency. They deserve communication and they deserve an understanding as to why things are happening and, and why you're doing certain things. And so for us, I've only in the 18 months, we've only had this situation really arise once, one other time, it was like a 50, 50 thing, but we live and die by this group and by how much they believe in us and how much they believe in this vision and how much they believe in this product. And the one thing that I think we did really well that I believe a lot of NFT founders can take is this alignment of expectation, I think we've done a really good job at. Meaning when you buy into a pudgy penguin, you know exactly what you're buying into. And it's been that way for the last 18 months. And there's been this North Star. And every yeah. announcement we make is a check 
or a step forward towards that North Star. So to some, Walmart might just be Walmart, or to some, toys might just be toys. And to some, signing with this agency or doing this initiative or social media or Giphy Views, if, 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 it's, if there's not a North Star, it doesn't make sense. But if there's a North Star that basically says, we want to create a brand that tens of millions of people know and love, and every day you see the Instagram growing 2,000 followers, 3,000 followers, and every day you see the Giphy views getting 50 million views a day. And every day, one day you were in Walmart where 180 million people walk through the store every single week. So you're in half of those. So call it 80 million people that see your brand subconsciously, consciously or unconsciously, doesn't matter. There's some sort of visibility there, right? Every step that we take is a step in that direction. So you believe that eventually tens of millions of people will love pudgy penguins not because I'm telling you to believe, but because everything that we do has data and supporting pillars to that thesis. And so eventually you build this trust and this credibility amongst your group that when I say, hey, we're going to go big and this, we're, we have our biggest announcement coming up next week, they're like, oh shit, they must really have his biggest announcement coming up next week. And then that, that slowly compounds and that compounds into a moment in a situation where you have this relationship where it's almost you move like one. We move like a giant huddle or a giant unit in one direction that I think is incredibly powerful and not to be underestimated. You should, uh, yeah. if you could put that on a t-shirt, a lot of words there, but if you could put that on a t-shirt, you should, number one. And number two, that's like a, a great mic drop moment right there. Just love that. That was it's great. Key, yeah, absolutely. Right? Bringing it. And one of the things I think you keep talking about is the North Star. We're going to find something that kind of takes the us as a group to new heights. We have licensing deals. We have season two. We have, I think your biggest announcement you're talking about is probably overpass. I'm guessing the, with the licensing and stuff like that. Super interesting on that side to not only allow penguins, but to other allow other brands and community collaborations with this. What do you really see for collaborations going in the future? We've had, uh, what we've had Jack Butcher, we've had, you know, what, what five or six companies that you've, these kind of collaborations with, what do you see for the future of that? Yeah, so collabs, we have a, a couple really big collabs in the pipeline that we've been working on for quite a while. Sorry, just the crew is talking. I have a couple big collabs that we're working on over the next couple of uh, months that we'll be releasing. I want to collaborate more with like other NFT projects and artists. I think the one thing that Pudgy Penguins does really is we are going to invade the real world. I'm not worried about that part. Like that part, we have a playbook. We know how to do it. I know how to be a viral brand in America. And I'm learning how to do that in Asia and I believe we will succeed there. I don't think it's that much different. And so I'm, I'm confident in our ability to get there. I think from my perspective, it's really how do we get there and how do we ultimately bring the, the community with us in some respect. We're, we're gonna collaborate with a ton of brands, a lot more to come over the course of the next coming months, more artists, more, more brand partnerships with other NFT projects and big outside brands too. I think we've got some collabs that people won't be expecting. Very cool. The other thing I thought recently we've had, which has been a big snowball of good news really. So Toy Insider, we've had just their announcements, one of the top toys for eight and up, I believe. What are your thoughts on reaching that? We're in the Walmart magazine. We're in Toy Insider. What, what are your thoughts on after this large push? What was really like the, the next move for season two of so we have So people think that licensing is Pudgy Penguin's utility. It's a utility. It's a value proposition and one that I think is really positive in a bear market. Because like when you look at the ability to 
bring value to your holders. In, in the NFT world, it's almost endless. The opportunities are endless. You can give them antagonist characters via NFTs. There's tokens. There's a like, plethora of ways to like bring added exposure and benefit to the community. But in a bear market, all of those things don't work. And so what is the value proposition that is sustainable that you can do every single month, every single year consistently? And that's ultimately licensing, right? When you understand what made the two great PFPs great, which I think right now, undeniably, the two that succeeded the best were CryptoPunks and Bored Apes. What did they do incredibly well? CryptoPunks had historical provenance. They were the first 10K PFP. So history is really important, right, to collectors. The second one is proliferation. That's what Bored Ape did the best. Bored Ape, people attribute Bored Ape success for a plethora of reasons. The most important reason for Bored Ape success was the fact that everybody knew what a Bored Ape was and everybody was talking about it. And that's called proliferation, i.e. marketing. Right, just a master class in marketing that was done. And so when you look at what we're doing, we're in a bear market. I can't go drop NFTs at a thin air. It just dilutes attention in different directions. So that's not gonna work. What I have to do is I have to build a brand, right? And I have to build a brand because building a brand is IE marketing. I have to market something and I have to get exposure around a certain entity or a character. And I also have to make money because just so you guys know, we're one of the top five NFT projects in the world. I think that's undoubtable at this point. We make 20 grand a month on royalties. So if I make 20 grand a month, I can only imagine what everybody else makes, right? Board Ape probably makes 50 to 100 grand a month, probably 100, right? That doesn't sustain Board Ape. That doesn't sustain us. It's not going to sustain the little guy. And so there's a couple problems here. Problem one is you need to make money because there's no money. Problem two is you need to proliferate right? Because that's how Board Ape did it. You need to market something. And number th- problem number three is you need to make history. So building a brand, I think, does all of those things, right? When I go into Walmart and I'm crypto's first ever mass market product, I'm making history, right? When I go and do the social content, we're getting a billion views a month. We're proliferating. And when we're selling toys and doing the whole nine and making money on content, which we do, like Instagram pays us, all these places pay us for the videos we make. People don't know that then I'm also sustaining my burn and I'm not having to go to the community and extract liquidity from them. And all the while, while I build this brand, as important as this is, because the more money the company makes, the more better experiences I can give to our first edition holders and collectors, I actually have this interesting vertical where I can license because instead of making new characters out of thin air, I can just go to the 8,888 pudgy penguins and I can be like, I have to make toys. I have to make collectibles because Walmart wants them, Target wants them, Hot Topic wants them, Toys R Us wants them. And they can't just use the same SKUs because SKU saturation is real. So I can just pull more NFTs, go to holders and say, hey, let's work out a licensing deal. I can't give you 50% rev share because that's, doesn't, that's not how the world works. But I can give you a licensing deal that makes sense where you can make money in perpetuity every time one of these penguin sells. And the idea is when this succeeds because this has to succeed now right it just there's if this isn't if web 2 brand doesn't succeed the whole thing fails because you're just gonna have to make money on your holders which ultimately leads everything to go to zero that this doesn't just leave the holders like in the dust this basically says with licensing you can participate in the success of the brand you can participate in the upside and that is the alignment of the incentive that the nft creates that has never been seen before every brand up until this point in the real web 2 world has been a transactional relationship between brand and consumer it's been hey we make something great you buy from us thank you for your support this is a reinvention of that this reinvention basically says hey 
if this brand succeeds and as you continue to support it, if you're a first edition collector and you collect our digital ecosystem, you have a chance to participate in the upside of building products and content around this brand. Now you can go do it yourself. You can go do a pudgy penguin burger shop yourself. I won't stop you. And you can leverage the views and the exposure that the brand is doing, which is honestly the hardest part of building a business is marketing and awareness. But if you don't want to do that, which most people are not, don't have the don't bandwidth or the capabilities to do that, I will take you along on the ride. Now, can I get to every single penguin tomorrow? No. But why do we always look at things with a one to two year horizon? Look at it from a 10 year horizon. You know what I mean? In a 10 year horizon, you think I can't go license a couple thousand penguins, which at the end of the day, there's only really 5,000 active penguins. Everything else is like either in dead wallets or locked in institutional wallets or people that just are not participating because you can't just get a licensing deal at random. You have to submit it, right? Yeah. So oh, how many people are really submitting for licensing deals whenever we offer them? Last time we did it, it was 2,000. When we do it now, probably 4,000, but not every single time people are going to submit. So you look at this idea, which is, okay, for sure, you have a first edition collectible that has all of the pros of physical collectibles with a slew of other pros that we won't even talk about. But you also have this opportunity to participate in the brand, not only from a collaborative standpoint, which is like interacting with us on an inner igloo every two weeks and like building the brand together, which I think is cool in its own right. But you can actually have some sort of monetary gain in that participation, leveraging the fact that you own this character. You have the right to extend the license and license that IP that is your NFT. And then we can collaborate, which I think is the reinvention of the IP model. That's that's not even like web through NFTs. I think this is just like flipping the IP industry on its face, where it's basically saying, hey, like you want to create the next Winnie the Pooh or Mickey the Mouse or Pokemon or whatever it may be, you can be a part of that. And you don't just need to be a, a person that just spends money constantly with just no other gain outside of that. And I think that's what's really interesting and fascinating. Yeah, 100%. And that, the people that now are with you and collaborating with you are now almost like a sales marketing arm. So it's just like a flywheel for your sale marketing. And I think these, I think these are become kind of like native in the future, right? Like we've seen so many brands try to come into the space. All of them are fairly extractive, right? I, mean, I would say the, all the biggest ones, Nike came in, you, know, you had your clone, but then you still had the mint, like the foundational mint to then mint this nether thing that all cost extra money. 100% fully on that side. And we doodles is another big one. We, we've really gone down that road of you just, you're just people who buy our collectibles now. That's we've gone back to that. We're the consumer, we're the product. We're just selling each of these things. So I do think that's very refreshing. And I do think that's one of the best things about crypto is it gets rid of that barrier to entry in participating in companies. I think that just as a stockholder or as something who buys something, you don't really ever get this feel for it. You don't ever get the essence that you're actually part of this company. Whereas I think with these NFT brands, I think you definitely do. It has to change, right? Everything changes. The 100%. IP business and the character business has been the same since day one. It's been the same relationship. And this is the vehicle and the mechanism that I think changes it all because you cannot deny that you don't own your NFT, right? That is yours. And if it is yours and I give you the right to license it and monetize it, right? Then there's a relationship between that brand and that collector, right? There can be, if you want that- You go for it, if, if you strive for it. If you yeah. try for it. And that's what we're trying for. It's like how, imagine we build a, just imagine this, obviously I wanna be pragmatic, but I dream about this all the time. Imagine 
imagine we actually build a billion dollar business this and we actually do hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. That's tens of millions of dollars in licensing revenue that I'll give to holders every single year. Now it's going to be hard. It's not easy. Don't get me wrong. Like I, if I could just stand up multi nine figure a year revenue brands, but like it's showing all honestly, just be honest with you. I'm being honest with you guys. I'm not saying this because it's the case, but I'm saying it like you can look at all my previous businesses before this. None of them have gained traction like this. And even Gel Blaster that does $100 million a year, it doesn't have the engagement and the community and the social growth. This It just doesn't, it right? Yeah. This is hitting in a way that is really positioned to actually go and accomplish that. And, and hopefully, you know, the universe is on our side and we continue to learn and make sure that we don't make any fatal mistakes because I think mistakes can be fatal. But it, it's one of those things that, you know, the path and the, tra the trajectory that we're on is very much on pace to be that in a couple of years. And if we are that, that is one of the greatest stories I think ever told, not even just in Web3 and crypto. I think when you look at the underdog story and really what Pudgy Penguins is or, or was and what it became, and then you tie it in with the story on how we got it and, and, and all of that, it, it will really shake out to, I think, be one of the most beautiful things that I think uh, you could read about. He's bullish on the penguins, man. <laughs> he wouldn't be here if he wasn't, right? Um, one of the other paths that we haven't really got dove into is obviously Web3 Gaming. Now, you guys with Pudgy World and everything you're building there, I'm personally one of those people where I've been playing video games since I could probably almost walk, which was like four days ago, right, prior or uh, four years ago <laughs> since I looked so young. But Web3 Gaming, now this path is pretty tricky right now, obviously, because it turns out that it's really hard to make a video game. So in a lot of people, their expectations <laughs> when they bought these NFTs two years ago was, we want a Ready Player One style game. We want it better than a WoW. We want it better than RuneScape. We, uh, we want it better than Club Penguin. We want it like everything. And we want it to feel good. And unfortunately, everything that we're getting now is hot garbage. So how important do you think it is for said company or said even partnership with another big company that's going to build this massive game etc how important that is for the space overall not just you guys just the overall space i think web3 gaming is yet to be proven but it seems obvious logically so what i think nfts have proven today undeniable if they become if there's no innovation and nobody does anything other than what has already happened they are better collectibles and collectibles have a $430 billion market cap. The market cap of NFTs are about $7 billion. There's a discrepancy there because physical collecting, digital collecting actually has more pros than physical collecting. Outside of like the emotional attachment of holding, when you actually look at what it is to trade physical collectibles from inauthenticity issues, to spoofing issues, to friction when buying and selling, digital collectibles are actually like a way better mechanism. Quality, how qu this is yeah. a gem. You have a third party to do all of these things to make no, sure it's actually real. And this no actually PSA is issues, a, right? Yeah. I bought a Michael Jordan Fleer for a quarter of a million dollars. I don't even know like how many there really are. Like I have one website that tells me one thing and another tells me another. another Obviously yep. just put PSA graded, but does somebody have 10 Michael Jordan Fleer sitting in a basement somewhere? It's just a terrible, it's a terrible mechanic. It's, it's honestly just a terrible way of actually, to think that it has, to think that digital collecting is a market cap of 7 billion and physical collecting is a market cap of 430 billion, that number naturally, again, if nothing else happens, that will shift. That now, it won't, will it be 50-50? I don't know, but like it should be at least 2080 digital. And I think eventually as time goes on, it might, it will, digital will surpass the physical. I just truly believe that it's a better value proposition. So 
I just wanted to get that out of the way before we talk about gaming. Now, our take on gaming is simple. Really what the game is for us is to close the loop on the toys. And the toys for us are really a mechanism to get people involved in digitally collecting. And why I say that is because every toy comes with a birth certificate. And on that birth certificate, there's a QR code. And if you scan the QR code and make an account on Pudgy World via an email and a password, you can redeem your first ever NFTs for zero cost to you outside of the purchase of the toy, i.e. get you digitally collecting without you ever knowing or and interacting with the blockchain without you knowing. It's really think of it like a Trojan horse mechanism, right? Yep. And so the problem with our product today and our product earlier, right? So we went from M bare minimum MVP to pre-alpha, like MVP, which is what it is now, to what we're gonna launch in December, which is like alpha. So it will actually be like something tangible. The issue with what it was initially was, this was actually a community-driven idea. It was not our idea. I was in an inner igloo and I basically said, how do we bring blockchain to the masses? Not just like NFT IP and the story of NFTs. They were like, make these toys unlock, these digital wearables that were soul bound. And I was like, oh my God, like we're onto something big. So we first made a character builder. So I was like, okay, give people their first ever digital identity for a purchase of a toy. And then you went through that experience. It was cool. And then I was like, ah, it's lame though, because every character builder, what was the next step? Every time you've you built a something. character, yeah. you got to go walk around something. with it. <laughs> yeah. So then we were That's like- like the first 0.0% of the- uh, <laughs> No, Cryer spends four hours on the character yeah. build, but that's besides- So that. we were like, yeah, no one spends, exactly. So they were like, oh shit, we have this character builder. But now it's going to be very lame if this is all this is. We have to go commit to something. But we're not game developers. We're not game builders. So what was the thesis and what's the idea here? There's a couple things that don't that that Pudgy World accomplishes. The first one is it closes the loop with the toys. Which in December, what you will see is this mechanism of, hey, you buy a toy, you scan the QR code, you put the traits. You then put the traits on your penguin and you can walk around this world, make private servers, interact with your friends, socialize and play little mini games loop closed, right? Value proposition around the toys, super cool, super fun, super exciting. The thing Especially is for the I, price point, like for the price you know, point, it, it just $8, you're getting a more than $8 experience. Exactly. 100%. And, but the thing is that people are like, well, what if Pudgy World doesn't work? What if it fails? At the end of the day, the, this is where it comes down to like communication and managing expectations. There is no expectation around Pudgy World in the community. And I told him this, I'm like, this is a loop for the toys that it's supposed to make this fun. And at a worst case scenario, it makes the toys more fun. At a best case scenario, it changes everything for everybody. Best case scenario, streamers start streaming it. It takes off next, next webkins, next this, next that. Everyone starts playing it and it just, it changes everything. Great. Worst case scenario, it doesn't get tens of thousands of daily active users. It's a fun experience. What it is, what it really is for us is also debuting our world. So one thing that I really got upset about in the NFT land was like this, these world debuts or this introduction of lore that people had to their world or their universe. It was always like videos or infographics or websites. And I was like, wait, guys, do you guys know what WebGL is? Do you just want to just make a world so we can go explore it ourselves? It's not that expensive and they have so much money. So really what Pudgy World does is accomplishes two things closes the loop on the toys, but also debuts our lore for the first time to the community in a way that is immersive and experiential and not just me telling you a story. It's you taking the characters, taking what's on the walls and what's in the alleyways and you piecing the story together, which you have to do anyway. You've already seen people spend a lot of money in NFT land trying to do this. 
And so from our perspective, it hits two birds with one stone. And actually, we didn't take any money for land. There's just no expectation. Nobody loses anything if for some reason Pudgy World doesn't succeed. At the end of the day, it just makes the experience better. And the toys are ultimately going to have that closing loop. And we will also would have debuted our world, which gives people a look into what this Pudgy Penguin universe is today. Because there's one flaw in what the Pudgy Penguin is doing right now from a team perspective. And I'm completely open of it. But we are lacking that deep emotional connection because there is no story and there's no main characters. I'm conscious of this. But we did this for a good reason because once you launch that, you can never go back. Once you tell them who your Ash and Pikachu is, it's not a process that you can rush. I can't go rush that process and go ship it. Because once you say it, once you, for example, you got doodles in the back, once you talk about Mellow and Hap, it's Mellow and Hap. You can't go, and it's not Johnny and, and Timmy the next day, it's Mellow and Hap for the end of time, right? So these are the things that we've been really thoughtful on and we've been working for the last 12 months. And that ultimately, like when we finally debut, it will be through that pudgy world, it will be through that universe, and you will be able to make your own storylines and your own conclusions of things actually walking this world as a penguin and exploring things for yourself. I like that a lot. And you bring up Doodles. Doodles just had their camp collaboration. We we, we all Before, went. Yeah. It was a great experience. My kids loved it. We had a great time. They didn't really, they see me talk about this stuff, but they don't ever get to experience any of it, right? Realistically, though, three and five years old. They don't so. have that big of bags like Cryer does, is what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying. Like, it's, they just get to, my little guy in a wagon going around or whatever like it's uh it's nothing that's like super super immersive or exciting for them that was a great experience do you have any idea of plans to do something like that too where it's like that immersion in or real like life experience, experience yeah. outside of the toys or i, I totally want to i think do you I think th that's a good thing for nfts or i, I totally think dude the only difference is between me not doing that and doodles doing that is Doodles is more well capitalized to do that because that stuff is expensive. The way that Doodles yeah. did it, Doodles, people, they were, it was people actually sleep on Doodles. I'll be honest with you. I, I actually think I understand the whole communication woes and, and what that transpired. But or the new guy, <laughs> I, I actually think they, w the way they've turned the corner the last uh, probably four or five months, I think is yeah. like completely underestimated. And what sucks about this space is it's really hard for these people to forget, forgive, and forget. And it's yeah, dude, they're spurned. Yeah, they're okay. They had six months of communication woes. We get it. They fixed it and they're crushing it. So give them the yeah. support that they deserve. Because if you actually look at the Doodles Camp Initiative, there's things they didn't that are so slept on that if I did it, I would be screaming these things like the whole Doodles customizer thing physically. You know how incredibly difficult that shit is to really set that up? I, again, but it'll go over everyone's head when it's like, dude. People are walking through this experience and customizing their own through the Studio 2 right there with this machine that looks like it's from Star Trek. And it's, holy shit, you know how actually hard that is to pull off? I would not want to pull that off, but they just, it's just like, it's, they're still suffering from that six months of no communication, which at the end of the day, they raised, they ha had a new leadership come in. Like, they, they, it takes time to get acclimate, acclimated to this shit. Yeah. So. Sure. Let's go back to, we always expected it. The time horizon is one, one year. You said one year. I think that's generous. I think it's like month, two months, maybe. Yeah. So we, we talked to Holgan. He, I think he's a great leader. I think there's a yes. lot of great ideas for the company. I think he wouldn't have left a, a very solid job with Billboard without the thoughts of those doing super well. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll give you guys the alpha is Julian's background and you know what made Board Ape specifically have a huge run and like what that, like 
Julian has all of the tools in his toolbox so that when the tides of a bull market come back and there's some wins in their sales and people are like tired of just being resentful about shit in the past, yeah. he will have, he has the Rolodex and the tools in his toolbox to make some serious shit happen that is going to get people really excited. So I actually fully believe in what they got going on over there. They'll go through this little roller coaster they're going through right now, but they do good work. They have a good team. They're smart. The IP is one of the best in the space. They own Pastel and Web3. And they've got Julian, who I think is not to be faded. I just would not, I would not bet against that guy. I just wouldn't. And so I think their time will come. And I'm a huge fan. And, and back to your original question, huge fans of physical experiences. I've got a, I, to do what they did at Doodles, the whole point of how we even talked about this is really expensive. And I can't afford shit like that right now. But I hope to one day, and I would love to do shit like that. And you just look at the camp brand, the fact they align themselves like that. Again, if Absolutely. it was me, it, it, it like, again, it, I would be singing that shit till the end of time. I'd be like, dude, <laughs> you know what's going on here? Yeah. We can't, but, man. Yeah. Absolutely, they did a good job. Yeah. They did a good job. I didn't have on my bingo card that Luca would be the one that would bring back the fuel of Doodle into this man crier here. So I'm super, very happy we just had that conversation right there. And hopefully the rest of the crier is that the thing? Is that why I don't get any I was mad for a couple months for sure. I I really hated the flow move. I think that was a terrible move. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, you know, why out of all of the choices you could possibly make, you just had account abstraction just went through on Ethereum. You can't focus on having magic, like literally a magic link type thing like you did. You can go to any chain. Does You got to base it on the, it's so close. And I really hate that just from me being in crypto for a long time stance. So that really made me angry. But after we did the camp, we he's giving me a hard time. I, I was definitely pissed for a very long time. But after the camp stuff, I was I changed well, my tune. At the end of the day, you were pissed because you care and you've got doodle pictures in your background, dude. And you're championing yeah. shit to the end of time. I, I respect that. I'm sure they would too. All I would say is don't lose faith because I think they've got a good thing going on over there. They just need to just earn back that good faith, which is so hard to do. Yeah. It just, But they will. And I promise you their time will come again. I'm certain of that. All right, so we got a little bit of alpha on that. What are the other what other NFT companies are, are you excited about? I keep bringing it up. I love that Clone is finally running Cool Cats. I love that. I love that for him. That was their biggest problem, I think, is just they went through like four CEOs in a year. And he needs to do it. And he's capable. <laughs> he's capable of doing it. He might not be an entrepreneur first person, yeah. but he has enough smart people around him. I know Jarvis is very bright. And their really team, like, like they, they need to be a freaking business savant he needs to be the creative genius and that's what he is and you can already tell they are already turning a page ever since he's became ceo things are just getting better and i believe in that ip i believe in that character i like there's some smaller projects that i think are grinding i think these quirkies guys it, it just that community is so strong i'm like how are you guys so strong like i don't get it i don't get how we got <laughs> little guys like the sappy seals and stuff like that too I, I think there's you can just tell who's working hard right you can tell who's really trying and who's not it i don't know if it's me and you guys tell me if i'm wrong but can't you tell it within five minutes i'm just like going around all their socials going to their website oh 100 like seeing their founder within five minutes you can tell who really gives a shit and who's checked out yeah no i agree on that side yeah or the side of you're talking about it as well which ones actually see the value of the community aspect? Who yeah. actually is using their community as a marketing arm versus someone who is 
we raise money, bye, fuck off. We don't care anymore what you guys think. It's really funny that you actually did mention Cool Cats because Cryer and I, we were talking about it earlier where we you posted about Cool Cats as well as Gutter, or not, excuse me, not Gutter Cats, the, the ugly cousin of Cool Cats, Gutter Cats. What did you think about what's going on now with Gutter Cats? Do you see the tides turning on that or do we just need a little bit more information? Because I feel like a lot of people are just like, they see the news and they're like, oh, crap. And then that's it where they're not really what's the next part. Like like how I look at what you guys did with a Walmart and like how you're envisioning you do something unbelievable. But guess what? Like it's that's not it. You want more. So on this gutter side, I feel like it's more like this brand new person coming in. But again, it's very kind of wishy washy with what the news came out with. What do you think on those two? I'll tell you this. No one believed in me for the first six months after I bought Pudgy Penguins. Okay. And I will say that there's, you cannot underestimate somebody putting their money where their mouth is because this was my thought process when I bought Pudgy Penguins. And I was actually frustrated for the first six months because I was like, why are people doubting the fact that we put two and a half million dollars on the line to make this succeed? And why are they doubting the fact that we were just going to let this shit die or let it fail? We put two and a half million dollars on the line. What do you think is going to happen? You think I'm just going to fold? You think I'm just going to fail and go to nothingness again? If Noah's like anything like us, which he gives me a good inclination that he is, I've heard him speak and he sounds very bright, then he's going to make this shit happen. And putting your money where your mouth is really different, I think. It's one thing yeah. to take over a project. It's another thing to be like, I'm putting my chips on the table and I'm going to show you that I'm going to do this. And if I fail, I'm out a shitload of money. And that, that, I, that can't be faded. Just so this is my honest take. Now, Gutter has a dilution problem that he needs to fix. He's conscious of that. I know the previous Gutter team was working on ideating those fixes because they just their problem is they just made too many NFTs. There's too many clones and vials and like series that just it's got way too clone at 70th. I messed yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what happened there, but the point of the matter is just like I thought it was foolish to fade me for spending two and a half million dollars on an NFT project, you can't fade him. Because there's a different drive, bro. If we fail, if I fail right now, I'm out millions of dollars. If he fails, he's out half a million dollars. It's a similar amount. Like, it's obviously not the same amount, but it's a lot of money yeah, that you can't just go and be like, ah, I tried, man, and put your hat down six months later. He's got to make something happen. And if he really put his money in there, which I would have every inclination that he did, then that is not to be disregarded. Yeah, I definitely think it's something to at least watch and definitely keep an eye on just because just a similar approach is there hasn't been many large like takeovers really in the NFT space. It's like the people who started at the beginning, we've seen what happened with them. You're one of them. Noah's coming in as well. We should have him coming up in a couple episodes on the NRP. So I do think that's a good, good one to watch. But I do think that exactly the same thing. He we he had a uh, talk yesterday on the spaces. It was pretty good. It was like an hour and a half, two hours. He You can already tell that he's taking the reins on the community. That's what he was there for. Like he joined NFTs mid bear market. Like he joined it like very, like he said his August, I think it was August of 22. He said it was like when this first started getting into the, the gutter ecosystem. So he didn't know, he didn't, hadn't been to any of the events. He hadn't been to, he didn't know about the gang coin, all that stuff. So he's coming in from the idea of, I hang out with these Damn, people all the time. I forgot about the gang token. Oof. <laughs> Yeah, going. sorry. Well, that, that's what ruined it. That's just yeah. yeah. Really it's just the short term, the short term band aids that keep get slapped on all these projects. It's just unless, unless you're in a bull market, that doesn't work anymore. 
that's right. dead, right? So I, I do think I do. I definitely agree as well. He has smart moves, and I do think that they have a good brand in terms of what they did with. They did it a lot of things wrong, but they did do some things really. Wrong. I think their shoe came out very so well. Cool. So I, dope. I think it looked really good. I think it was a really cool shoe. The TBT. I think that was a, a move to start. Just how you're talking one. about. You want brand awareness. You want people to actually realize it. They're we're a heavy basketball brand. We have all our traits that are all jerseys wear, and all these other things. Yeah, yeah. And it's we're going towards the gutter shoe and the shoe collector. So you're exposing yourself through ESPN, something that's not super big, but it's definitely a move in the right direction. But again, Luca, thank you so much for stopping by. I do have one last question that I always have to ask for everyone in this podcast. If there was one game in, that you grew up playing that if right now there was a token that dropped because you had so many hours counted into this game what game would it be and if it's not club penguin it's the wrong answer go ahead it's warhawk a playstation 5 game playstation 4 game best playstation game of all time called warhawk Ooh. i was like actually one of the best players in the world for like many years okay. yeah like, yeah 12 hours a day i, I was a kid it's the best Damn. game ever. And if you guys don't mind, send me an email with your Twitters. I don't know if I follow y'all already. If I follow y'all, it's good. But I just want to make sure I follow both of you guys on Twitter. All right, cool. Absolutely, man. But again, thank you so much for stopping by. You're always welcome here. Keep doing what you're doing over at Pudgy. And for the rest of the Web3 space, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember, Loki Episode 3 is out tonight when you're Thanks. listening. So yesterday. So get going. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace. Peace. Appreciate y'all.